ought to eat your cornbread. Oh, motherfucker, you can't have my cornbread. That's for damn sure. Because if you try to take my cornbread, part two of my killing spree gonna begin up in here on your ass right now. If you think about my cornbread, begin to taste out your mouth. That's for damn sure. It's for damn sure. It's for damn sure. Welcome to Everything Tastes Good. My name is Rod. What's up? I'm Jay Penn, and this is the show that brings you unique cuisine, oil sheen, and everything in between. All right, Jay. So, what's on the menu today? What we got? Um, it's some shit called cherry clotaldus, or wait, no, it's cherry clothes. No, no, it's not that either. It's... It sounds like it's French, and I sound like I got it. <clears throat> Ready? Let's go. Cherry clotaldus. Does that sound right? No, it actually sounds like you said cherry clotaldus. It doesn't sound like that. It sounds. I didn't exactly say that. Like that. I said. Uh, I said Cherry Cliff Flores. That's how it is in French. I'm studying French. I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, um, tell me about this no, dish. I've, I've been trying to try dishes that are completely opposite of what I would typically go after. I'm usually okay. a very picky eater, and I don't like a lot of things. Um, one of those things being cherries. Um I don't know what it is about cherries. The taste is just not like popping for me. And then you got to peel out the seeds. It's just a lot of work. So see, no cherries are delicious. I don't, I don't know where you're getting your cherries from. This, this is my opinion, correct? You have your own opinion. Yeah. Go ahead and think. Thank you. Um, so <laughs> I found this French-based dessert, um, mm-hmm. and it's called cherry clotaldus, like you just said. Um, and it's based in cherries and almond. The recipe calls for about 10 cherries. You slice them in half. Of course, you pit the seeds out. And then you place them into melted butter. You kind of stir that up. And then you add Ooh, your sugar. More butter. Right. Remember her? <laughs> <laughs> then you add your sugar. You add your almond flavor. And you add about a half a cup of flour to make things expand once they go in the oven. Boom. So you put it in the oven. It comes out. It's like this fluffy flan slash uh, creme brulee type texture. And for those of you who don't really know what flan or creme brulee is... Imagine just fancy ass pudding. We know creme brulee. I'm just saying everybody don't know everything. Okay, I don't really know creme brulee. I think I, I said <laughs> Um, And so that's what the texture is like. It's very smooth. Um, it caramelizes in the oven around the edges. So you also have like. Oh, that. I thought you were going to say in the mouth. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you have that balance between soft and hard. Um, <laughs> just as I thought. Go ahead. <laughs> so the dessert is verse. Um, and, hey, hey. And that's my dessert. Uh, the taste for me just fell a little short of being anything worth talking about. It's like you mm-hmm. have this bitterness of the cherries and then you have people love bitter. They give you that that idea of hibiscus, that bitter. You know, people love that bitter. You don't like bitter? It is done right. But this is like this has True. the bitter cherries and then you have the bland taste of the flan and it's just giving all types of Karen personified. Um <laughs> come on, Karan. Yeah, it's just, it's not exciting. Um if I had to rate it on a scale of one to five stars, it would probably get just a one and that one is just for being there. Um oh, no, no, child. And no. I, I would uh, like, uh, 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 uh. Hey. taste this again. Take I pick up pick up his I wanna hear you taste this right now. I'm gonna tell you right now I'm not putting this shit back in my mouth. But <laughs> <laughs> But what I will say is um everybody should taste it for themselves and see how they feel about it. I personally love sweets, so I was really expecting a lot out of this. I love sweets too. That I didn't I'm get. A f- a f- sweets fanatic. Fanatic Okay, except macarons. I don't know what the fuck it is about macarons. I am not a fan. Like it tastes like pure colored sugar. That's cause that's what it is. 
Okay. I mean, like nothing else. And they have an assortment of these colors. Mm-hmm. And it is, I'm not a fan. Notice who eats the most. And I'm going to leave it there. Huh. Huh. Mm-hmm. Sounds very bitter. Mm-hmm. You had a bad year. I know you had a bad year. Tell me about this bitter ass year. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they need to be careful. No, be careful. I'm listening. I'm listening. Um, no, so my year has been interesting. I think it's been interesting for everybody, but um, I don't know. It, there's a lot that we can say went bad and we can cling on to all that negative energy, but I feel like I came out with some positives as well. Like, okay. Learning just to pay more attention to me, take care of myself more. I've had more time to take care of myself. So instead of being at work from nine to six, I have time to come home and do dinner and I can work out for longer and not cut myself short because I got other things to do. You know what I mean? You know, actually, I have started to meditate even though I, I meditated before, right? But it was more of like an off and on thing. And then you always feel like, oh, I don't really have time to get into it. But I started a meditation group, um, which I was actually brought into by someone else. And now I'm doing my own thing with uh, commencing the meditation thing, um, acting as host. And it's so dope. Like, I literally, I structure my day more so now that I can actually take the time to meditate and just to give myself me time and reflection time and, you know, inner processing time. So, I mean, there's, there's good things that's come out of it, but I'm definitely bitter. I'm not going to even lie to you. Like my trips were canceled. I had a wedding. I had, I was going to Puerto Rico for the first time. I was going to New York for the first time. Well, not the first time, but I was taking someone for the first time. So I don't know, like, I feel like that I was slighted in a sense, but I mean, I guess there's many people because everybody's year got fucked up. Everybody's year was ruined. I low-key wasn't mad about all my travel plans being dropped. Like, of course I wanted to do them, but I already- Because you to go with the people you was going with <laughs> no, anyway. No, that's not true. Done. That's not true. <laughs> See? <laughs> oh, okay. No. Um, no, seriously, I, I felt like I needed a break, but I wasn't actually- being proactive and setting aside a break for myself from doing a bunch of shit. So I think that for me, I wasn't mad about it. I think what I'm most bitter about in this whole situation is not knowing when this shit is going to be over. Like not having a foreseeable future of, oh, it's on not- this date, the, the Rona's gone. She's out of here. She's packed her bag and she's gone. Like, we don't know. That sounds like some, some them shit. That's because that's what they've been doing. And that's what they, they like. Basically, people have gotten tired of dealing with Corona mm-hmm. and said, oh, OK, for me, it no longer exists. And they've been acting accordingly, not wearing masks and all those things. Do I believe that coronavirus is real? One hundred percent believe it was also man made laboratory, all the other stuff. Yes. Call me conspiracy theorist if you want to. But yeah, it's just my feelings about it. However, I don't think that it's as severe as the media is making it to be. But if they didn't, would people really take it as seriously? Exactly. Honestly, they probably would treat it like it's anything else. And it's just like, oh, yeah, well, I'm not going to miss my vacation. or I'm not going to miss this or miss that. So people feel like truly they fucking missing out. Like now I have missed some shit that I'm happy about like um <laughs> physically being in the office <laughs> yeah you don't realize how draining that shit is on you and oh, you're not doing it no my more. god 
my God. <laughs> just being around other people for me sometimes is exhausting. My nigga, I'm exhausted. I don't want to be around you. Don't you don't like really fucking with people like that anyway. I don't. And for <laughs> for what? <laughs> for what? Outside of kicks and giggles, it's the truth. Like you get your little show and then like you irritated show. and you ready to go home and you get annoyed and you have this I'm tired of y'all face and fake ass smiling. Right. Um, I mean, you do it anyway, but that is extra. It's extra. And it's like, oh, okay. Notice right. I have not torn you down once on this show. And I'm not tearing you down. Here we are. No, I'm it, being dragged through the gutters of LA and you ain't even here. No, I'm acknowledging yeah. the experiences that I had being it's around fine. you in I'm these fine. situations. So that is okay. You know what? And so let's talk about the truth. Okay. Okay. People don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh no but i mean yeah. no i feel okay. where you're coming from on those things on those things though uh um, i mean but but you don't don't act like that this year has not been a year of like missing out on some shit that you kind of grateful that you ain't actually oh, no, a part for sure. of for sure. I mean, I, the I think... kids glad they're not going to school so i mean I, why yeah. am i not glad i'm not going to work yeah agreed but I don't know how much longer this whole no school thing is going to last, saying that the government, for some reason, thinks it's inappropriate for schools not to reopen this. Who government? Education is essential. and I, I don't have a government right now. Anarchy, okay? Well, your homegirl, <laughs> Betsy DeVoe, seems to think that she rules. That's not my, that's not my bitch. I don't fuck oh, with her. Oh. I don't even acknowledge her in an education setting. Um, from a person with two degrees um, from a not-Trump school. Um, well, can you do me a favor and uh, lend her one of your fucking degrees so maybe she can get a clue? Uh, she has no idea what to do, how to do it, or why it should be done if you have not listened to any of the bullshit that she or any of her colleagues have stated here in the most recent past. Um, yeah. I, the whole goal to me was just to fuck shit up. You know how like a kid get mad and <laughs> they sitting at the table and they got they look in their eyes like I'm gonna fuck all this shit up. <laughs> yeah, that's what they doing right now. Them little hands just fucking shit up. So it's not about knowledge at this point. It's about how much shit can we fuck up before we get out of here. So, I mean, but for the parents though, Honestly, if I had children, I wouldn't send their ass to school. Okay, mm-hmm. um, it's just not a safe environment. Since What's the comment how... she made about going back to school and being prepared? Because I know you know. What oh, um, I think a reporter asked her. You know, how are you guys preparing to get things in, in line for these kids to be able to come back to school? And she was just like, "Oh, well, the teachers are smart enough to figure that out." And that's why I don't. You, you shouldn't send your kids back now, right now. Uh, we need to wait for the the whole cabinet, the whole office to fucking change. You know what probably needs to fucking happen? Teachers need to go on strike and refuse Honestly, to go a lot back of them, to work. I, there, a lot of them have been talking about going on strike. So I know, like here in Houston, um, our school system isn't going back this fall. Like we're preparing to go online, but that's because of all of the fucking riffraff on the back end about, hey, listen, you're not putting us in danger. Yeah. One, the classrooms are already overcrowded. Let's start there. You know, we don't have enough teachers. This was a epidemic before there was a pandemic. Now we're going to send 30 fucking plus kids back to the classroom with one teacher, okay, and tell them to figure it out. 
at who's like at, at what cost? At what cost are we figuring this out? Not at I mean, if I was a parent, not in my the health of my child, I, I wouldn't yeah. do that. that. That to me doesn't make no. sense. But no one seems to be worried about science these days. And I hate um, <laughs> I hate to say that we need them to strike and like because Lord knows we don't need another uproar in this year. But I mean, we do. <laughs> no, you know what? We do. This is the year of fuck it. Okay? Ooh. Fuck it all. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you had something to say at any point in your life and you have not said it in 2020, you probably will never say that shit. Like, we have gotten to the point where everybody can say anything and it's just what you said. Well, so, y'all got about five more months to fuck it. So, y'all about to fuck it on out. <laughs> once, 20, up, once 2020 <laughs> is over, I don't want to. I don't want no more parts of this shit. Well, shit, Monique ain't playing either because she on she on her same bucket shit. <laughs> she told Netflix, "I ain't going." Okay, you know, I I read that in an article about what two days ago. Mm. They tried to dismiss their case on her. That's what I'm telling you. Anybody that's in this position to say, you know, what, I got some shit to say, and I'm gonna say this is the I year. I just didn't even know this was still a thing. It's still a thing. Okay, okay. it's still a thing, got and it. she's still mad. I mean. Take it. Boom. <laughs> As they say in Chicago. <laughs> somebody, out, you out here dating somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they tell you, boom, I don't think your value as much as everybody else that I've been talking to, but I still want you to do the same shit that they've been doing because to me, I think I deserve it. That's how she's looking at this situation with Netflix. Like, you want me to present a whole ass show to you. And then you're not going to give me as much compensation as you're giving other people. But you want me to perform just as well. You want my value to be, you know, just as equitable for you. But you're not going to, you know, give me the money that I deserve. I understand that. Now, do I think she has a legal case? I don't know. If she add in the other component that she been throwing in about the discrimination with the sexism and all that, then, I mean, sure, we can make a case out of anything. But if we're just talking about pure negotiation, which she was like, they stopped negotiating. I mean, at any point, people can stop saying, all right, the conversation is over. I'm no longer going to converse with you about that. That's not illegal. So just like you said a scene, I'm going to set one for you to maybe help you understand how Netflix is looking at the situation. Okay, Netflix, right, come on, tell boom. me. So imagine you going to your <laughs> your boss and saying, mm-hmm. I think it's time for me to have a $500,000 raise. And your okay. boss is willing to hear you out, but your boss is also thinking, well, what have you been doing around here lately? To be honest, you are late to work all the time. You are known to just fall off. And when, when, one minute you'll be working really hard, and then you'll fall the hell off and not do shit for months. So I need you to justify to me why you're asking for this amount. And that's the same thing that kind of goes to Monique. Monique had not really done much of anything since she won her Emmy for, Pre- not Emmy, her Oscar for Precious in 2009. Since then, Monique has been sparingly seen. Where you been? I feel like it goes back to the, the idea of like, you can't sit on the throne of old accomplishments, right? Mm-hmm. But yet and still, how much do you take away from a person who has like really been impactful in the community? Like she really has shaped some of the comedy that you see today. Like she was part of that group. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I give her all the respect, but I mean, from a business standpoint, I I totally understand where Netflix is coming from. 
Um, I'll go but... off the Nicki Minaj motto, which is, well, bitch, if you ain't shitting, then get off the pot. Oh, goodness. Okay. All right. And she had not been shitting. <laughs> she was not shitting. So they told her ass to get off the pot. And they were not going to pay her more than $500,000 to step back into the pot. Well, Netflix tried to throw the case out, right? And the judge was like, uh, that's not happening. So somebody is in agreement with her from a legal standpoint that they ain't just letting this shit go to waste. And I don't know what's happening at this point on her end, but obviously her lawyers are talking a good enough game where shit is real because she's still, she's in the fight. So you know you what I'm saying? the case is only really going to be able to go through if they can prove that she was blackballed, correct? Okay. <laughs> not a lawyer, okay? <laughs> Outside looking in, it does not sound like there's much of a case outside of that portion. Just saying that, oh, I was discriminated against based off of what you did for other people. I mean, can easily be disputed, right? As you said, they have more current works than with the names that she's thrown out. But if we're looking at the additional factors that, you know, have come into play, then that seems more substantial as long as she can prove the case. But I mean, professionally coming from HR, negotiations go south all the time, right? Mm -hmm. You are not mandated to negotiate with someone for a length of time. Now, there is common courtesy within the negotiation process. There's an offer, there's a counter offer, you know, depending on how much you like the candidate or whatever, you can go back and forth. But baby, we can find somebody else and especially if they believe that your value was $500,000 and you know what they've been paying other people, they're not going to argue with you too long. I mean, that's just for my, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's just how the cookie crumbles. Question, have you ever heard the tale of the boy, the cry wolf? Um, uh, I, I heard of that boy, but I never seen him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is kind of what Monique claiming she was blackballed feels like because in the last year and a half she said several people like it's every five seconds when someone somebody blackballed her it started with lee daniels then went to tyler perry then went to oprah then it went to fucking netflix in general then it went to specific people within netflix so it's just like how many times can because we someone it? say a thing a lot does it make it a lie it doesn't it just makes it less impactful it does i get that it it, it comes off a bit less impactful unless we find those things to be true and then it seems to be more impactful probably tenfold because it's like okay this person knows what this experience is and can easily decipher when it is happening and when it is not happening right yeah so i guess i mean it just it's going to depend on the perspective that you're coming from overall i would say kudos to her because she really I, she hasn't really had the support of the black community um, I behind it's her. It started to sound whiny. I'm sorry. I it like did. her. I, honestly, <laughs> I would have so much more respect for Monique if she just started building her career all over again. Because I mean, it did fall off at some point. I mean, it happens. Everybody has a fall off moment in life. So when that happens, you start rebuilding. You don't start pointing fingers to get favors. Well, I will say this: there are times where we take a moment. And we, we take a deep breath and we say, okay, let me review this information again. Or let me review my life again. Or let me, you know. Um, and maybe she took that moment. And I think for her taking that moment does not negate her abilities, nor does it negate um, what she should be valued as when coming to the table, you know. Because the truth is, if 
and I'm just going to throw a name out there, okay? Mm. If Dave Chappelle took another multiple year stint off and he came back to the table, do you think they would literally offer him $500,000? No, and I don't want it to come across like that. I do believe there is some injustice here for sure, whether it's sexism okay. or racism. Okay. I just feel that it's a little less impactful when Monique has been problematic over the last few years. Nobody don't say wants, that word. Nobody, don't say that word. Nobody don't wants more that. problems from You are talking about a black woman yes. and you said problematic. That is equivalent to bitter. That is equivalent to hostile. Listen. That is equivalent to... And, and seriously, seriously. As no, we, I can't. I, I had this conversation with my friends. Check. I had this conversation with my friends and I told my friends, I love black women, okay? Love them to death. You can't do nothing better for me than to show me a black woman and I will show you a woman who cares about her people. Okay. Intelligent, sophisticated, poise, all of the things you can think of. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. And I believe that that happens with other communities, with other women. But I know from personal experience with hands on black woman, one on one mother raising that that is a real thing. But when you start saying words like problematic, <laughs> for me, it's not. <laughs> it gets tense. Think, it gets tense. I think 2020 has proven that anybody can be problematic. And so it was not a race. The truth is, everybody is fucking problematic. Probably Let's, problematic. Yeah. At so some point. General, it's a general word. And I'm just targeting it at her right now because she is, in fact, a problem to some degree. She and I'm not going to say that she's not a problem. I'm not going to say that. But the conversation that I had with my friends when I used one one term, and I that term was <clears throat> difficult, okay? <laughs> I said that I love my black women, but they are difficult. And <laughs> because they love me, they knew it didn't come from a bad place, mm. but I grew up with difficult women. I love my mother to death. She's difficult. I just got off the phone with her. She's difficult, but I love her. My sister is difficult. I got friends. I will not say names. Difficult. Okay? <laughs> okay? But I just know when you say those words like problematic, it just perpetuates a stereotype that has been pushed around this group of people mm-hmm. that is negatively viewed by many. And I, I don't want to perpetuate that. You know, I want to show love and caring and kindness. And maybe I made up a word, upsetness. Maybe she, <laughs> I can't. Maybe she had <laughs> it, it basically means <laughs> I have been trying to push the word upsetness for many years now and no one is latching on. Okay. Yes, I believe Mary Webster told you, hell no, we won't go. I did. I submitted it to Webster and they did not accept my word. If you can accept bootylicious, you can accept upsetness. People who are listening, for every listening ear out there around the world, I want you today to use this word upsetness in mm-mm, a sentence mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I, I went to, to the store looking, looking no kind of way in public don't do that and my car did not work and 
I would like to hear more about this conversation that you were just talking about that you had with your friends next episode. So keep that keep that top of mind because that that sounds like an interesting. I think movie. it's gonna be the last episode for that. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> when they hear this shit, it, that's it. Like seriously, that like that that just means that that's you, it. Roger was having another reckless mouth moment. That's all. That it wasn't. It wasn't. That's not what that was about. That's not what that was about. That mm-hmm. honestly, okay, so that's. That's not what that was about. We ain't gonna make it that, mm-hmm. okay? So now what you're doing now is that you pushing the stereotype against black men, and I see what you <laughs> see. Now I you, see what you're you doing. On some Monique shit. Now you finna become problematic real quick. Karen, Karen, I see. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, joining in, eating with us. Everything tastes good. I'm sure that James enjoyed the dish, whether he wants to say it or not. Wow, so now you're talking for me. Great. <laughs> Good job. And this, this, this is why. This is why we can't have nice things. Check out the dish on uh, Instagram. Which is everything tastes good. Yes, I said everything. Everything. As I can. Everything. Um, and each week we'll have a new recipe up there that goes along with what we talk about on the podcast. So, yeah. Um, We look forward to talking to y'all again next week with a new dish and a new attitude. Adios.